Alrighty, guys. Welcome back to Adventure Fit Radio. This is uh, Doc. Tommy's not here for this uh, intro uh, today, but uh, you're listening to me. And the show you're about to listen to is a show with a man named Daryl Wade. So, Daryl, uh, Daryl is actually a, a friend of mine, a friend of the show, a friend of Adventure Fit Travel. Um, I got introduced to Daryl a couple of years ago by an old mentor of mine, Paul Harmeister, who was also on the show with his daughter Jade back uh, very, very way back in the day. Um, put me on a Daryl. Daryl basically is um, he's one of the leaders of the travel industry in Australia and worldwide, really. So, Intrepid Travel and Intrepid Group are his uh, his babies, basically. So he was the co-founder of Intrepid Travel, which um, now services over three hundred thousand travelers um, annually. Uh, he also owns Intrepid Group, which is a, a number of different companies, um, uh, Peregrine Adventure Tours, um, a few more that I can't think of off the top of my mind. And he also owns um, destination management companies. So a lot of the travel agency in Australia uh, also book all their travel through Daryl and on sell it to their to their clients. So he's really um, pretty much as high up in the uh, in the travel game as you can get in Australia. Daryl's a friend of mine and um, somewhat of a mentor. Um, we don't speak a, a whole lot, but I know that he's there. I've asked him questions, uh, many questions over the journey, um, which is really great for uh, for me to have personally with um, what I'm trying to do with with Adventure Fit Travel. Obviously, um, I think uh, Daryl and um, and Tony Wheeler are the two men that I that I um, that I look up to most in the travel industry. Tony Wheeler hasn't answered my calls for the uh, for the podcast. So um, I'm glad that Daryl has and we had a great show for you guys today. So you're going to absolutely love it. Uh, very inspirational stuff, very interesting. Um, yeah, Daryl Wade, so get around it. This show is brought to you guys by Quash Creative. So head to quashcreative.com and use the code word, uh, mention the name, mention radio and you'll get a free SEO report or a report on the condition of your existing brand from our mate Sean Marsh who did the uh, the jingle to our um, to our lovely podcast here and has also done a lot of other great uh, creative endeavors so check out Quash Creative take our word for it also head to www.audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio with uh, if you head there you can get a 30-day free audible trial and one free audiobook if you're not using audible you are kidding yourself and we're also brought to you by Adventure Fit Travel. We've got uh, Iceland on the radar coming up, guys. The first trip sold out in three weeks. We've opened the second trip, which is selling really fast. If you want to come join us, check out the Aurora Borealis. Check out uh, all the highlights of Iceland for seven days with amazing people. Um, then uh, led by our amazing coaches. Then head to www.adventurefittravel.com. You'll also see New Zealand up there. You'll also see Kokoda Track. You will see in the next week an Australian uh, long weekend trip, so a four-day trip, first of our short trips we're going to start releasing and a bunch more coming up. So um, head there, use the code Radio to get 10% off any and all trips. And uh, yeah, here's the show. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. So let us know, Tommy, when we're uh, when we're up and running. Oh, uh, we've been on. We're on. <laughs> we're on. We're, we're, we're been live. On. Yeah, we're live. Good. We're yep. on check. We're live. We yep. are. We are live. All right. So um, we are we're about live. to uh, welcome Daryl Wade to the show. Uh, I will preface this with Daryl. It's a really sad day, mainly for you more than anyone yes. else, because we Great. normally yes. we normally uh, we normally start the show with Tommy's tribute, which is a song. 
prepared for the uh, for the guest, but Tommy it's a serenation broke it's a serenation his, uh, broke his guitar, and that is not figurative. Oh. That's not figurative at all. I, uh, <laughs> it's uh, anything below the belt still working. I just uh, the, the guitar needs some maintenance, and, uh, and so does below the belt. Actually, below, the below the belt needs some maintenance, mate. So uh, I mean, we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll well, put it in the calendar. Am I getting myself in for you? <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we've we've decided we're going to give you a foot massage after the show. It's not yes. going to be weird at all. Uh, it's the closest thing to a serenade we can give you. So <laughs> exactly. Hands off. <laughs> I want the full body experience. Thank you very yeah. much. It's Swedish massage. Um, so, Daryl, uh, welcome to the show, firstly. Um, and why don't you tell uh, the listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Daryl Wade? Who is Daryl Wade? I keep asking myself that when I look at myself <laughs> in the mirror. Um, uh, who is Daryl Wade? Daryl Wade's a, a guy who grew up in Geelong, born in Geelong, uh, went to university one day, met a friend one day, met a wife one day, um, went travelling many, many days, mm-hmm. um, and here we are kind of many years later, you know, mm-hmm. kind of uh, mid-50s now. Cool. Um, I guess um, you asked that question because I'm uh, the co-founder of a company called Intrepid Travel. Mm-hmm. Um, which has been around for um, 27, 28 years now mm. um, and starting to make a bit of a presence for itself, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. starting to make a, a bit of a presence. Very, very... Um, very modest of yourself there, mate. <laughs> um, You'll be getting an extra long foot massage after this. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. So um, why don't you um, tell us about how travelling started for you because there's a lot of people out there that don't have the travel bug the, they don't uh, that haven't experienced it they don't have the urge how come you started to travel the world and what did it look like in the early days for you yeah so it's, um, I've perhaps got an unusual um, background in that um, when I was uh, growing up quite young like I was uh, six years old when I was got on my first plane right. uh, my uh, dad used to travel quite a lot for his work and um, uh, he had just spent three months in the States and um, so my mum had gone across to the States uh, a little bit earlier and me and my two brothers uh, hopped on a 707 you wouldn't even know what they are Bill um, and, and fl- flew, <laughs> flew to Hawaii and uh, and met them and, and I remember distinctly uh, kind of uh, the first night got in and we went to, uh, down to the beach and it was warm and tropical and, you know, a million miles from Geelong. Mm-hmm. And this guy came running past with a, uh, this flaming torch and went and lit all these kerosene lamps along the beach. And it was just uh, incredibly, well, I was six years old. It wasn't romantic, <laughs> but it was kind of that romantic <laughs> yeah. image, if you yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just thought, wow, this is the best thing ever. Mm. And almost since that day, I've just been hooked on travel and, really? you know, um, as a kid growing up, I'd perhaps go away, you know, just about every year, in fact, with, with my folks. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was lucky on that, and that's very unusual in the kind of late 60s, 70s for a kid growing up. And um, then I hit university, and I just thought, well, okay, I've now got to kind of pay for my travel, and I'm on my own. But mm-hmm. uh, So I started backpacking. And um, uh, so, you know, we had a few trips which were just short, you know, like as in a month or two, and then... I had uh, two other trips which were longer. I had a year in Asia and then mm-hmm. a couple of years working and then a year in Africa. Um, and it was kind of during that that I just, I guess I started to, to think about, you know, um, can I kind of do something in my life that um, is um, not just sitting behind a desk or, you know, yeah. conventional work and can I kind of combine my uh, love of travel with getting an income? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's kind of the genesis almost of, of Intrepid. Yeah, no, that's... that's um very similar to my story with AdventureFit, which I obviously don't need to go into, but it was trying to, it was like, okay, I really want to keep traveling, but I don't have the money to fund yeah, backpacking yeah. for the next There's 50 years. There's got to be a way. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Someone's yeah. got to be able to get around this. So. Prostitution only works <laughs> short term, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, cool. So, that, by the way, that was my logic, you know, what, uh, nearly thirty years ago, and it's still how I run my life today. You know, so. the prostitution side of it, or no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> the um, do as little work as possible, yes. and as much travel as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. On Make the road for six months a year. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so when it actually started, so your co-founder, like, how did it all actually come about? Was it one particular trip, or or, or it was, um, and how did you and your buddy get together, like? Yeah, so we we got to know each other on the very first day of university. So we were mates at university Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we obviously kept in close contact during, you know, in in kind of working years and travelling years. Uh, I'd probably done a bit more travel than he had, but um, so we'd known each other for about 10 years before we started the business and Mm -hmm. that was really helpful. Um, Kind of after 10 years of friendship, you know, good bits and bad bits about everyone. Mm, So there's kind of no surprises in that sense um, between us. And... um, 
yeah, we were off actually um, on a uh, camping for a weekend somewhere, um, and um, we were just tossing around the idea about how um, you know backpacking is fantastic fun, it's terrific, and, and all the rest of it, but how it's incredibly inefficient. In mm-hmm. that you know you you go somewhere and you know it's fine if you're traveling for a couple of months. Um, it doesn't matter if it takes a little while to work out where you're going to stay or how mm. to book a train ticket mm-hmm. or get a group together because you want to go somewhere particularly offbeat or interesting. Yep. But if you're in a um, working in a real job and you've got you know two weeks, three weeks, four weeks of annual leave, um, backpacking is just not actually the best way to go because yeah. you, you waste so much time. Yep. And so we just thought, well, is there some kind of compromise between uh, backpacking and uh, organised tourism? And we kind of thought, well, you know, the the whole forty people on a bus type conventional tour is kind of a the worst thing in the world and that's nothing like what we would want to do yeah uh conversely maybe there's a middle ground somewhere and, and so that's where we kind of came up with the idea and it was a bit of an aha moment and um uh my um girlfriend at the time who became my wife and is still my wife um i'd often come home from work or you know just different times and I, i'd uh throw an idea on her. Hey, we could do this. You <laughs> yeah. know? And, and invariably she would tell me it was a disastrous idea for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. um, but this one we threw on her and she said, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Well, so you, know, you, you definitely know. know. Well, she yeah. Anna likes it. It must yeah. be a good yeah. idea. You know, I'm so. foot massage later. She's the one with the foot massage. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, I can tell when I'm not needed. <laughs> um, yeah, awesome. So so the travel industry looked totally different back in those days. So, yeah, so you wanted you. to, we're, we're, obviously you were um, focusing towards backpackers, but packaging it so that they could do it in a in a comfortable way, seeing all the sites. Efficient and, ways. And much it was, so were you mm. kind of like a, were you a, one of the first to market with this kind of style of travel? Yeah, would you we say, were. And, um, and that was a, I'm not sure a problem or opportunity, but you know, we um, used to go into travel agents when we first had the idea, and just to see what else was there, right? Yeah. And and so you're looking at you know racks of travel brochures and all the rest of it, and there was nothing like what we were proposing. Mm-hmm. And and so we kind of felt, well, either uh, it's a lousy idea, and, yeah. you know, because no one's thought of it, or, or it's not a bad idea. It's just that no one's thought of it. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then we um, did talk to a few people in the in the travel industry who uh, had a bit of experience and. Um, three people in particular and, and all three of them um, said in fact it was a lousy idea and um, so that was a bit dispiriting you know because we just thought well they're probably right mm-hmm. and uh, again my uh, my wife said look give it a crack you know keep going because mm-hmm. if you don't you'll be a pain in the ass to live with and so you might as well get it out of your system and, <laughs> and you know have a, have a failure but then yeah. go get a real job mm. <laughs> and, um, and so, so we did and um, uh, fortunately, it, it kind of worked. I say kind of worked because um, the first two, three, four years actually were pretty slow going, yeah. and um, it was um, it certainly wasn't a, an overnight hit. Can I uh, can I ask you about those first few years? Yeah. Because everybody, um, I'm in those first few years with my with my company. I'm beginning our fourth financial year, and we're coming up to our third birthday of the first trip. So we are congratulations. In those, in, thank you, thank you. In that we're in that period. Tommy's um, starting some stuff for himself at the moment. So you know, a lot of people that are listening are probably business owners, and yep. and some of the the trials and tribulations of what people want to hear about, and particularly me, I'm very interested. So when you say those first four years, like. How hard was it getting it off the ground? You know, did you did you ever? What were the what were the tough points that you yeah, actually gone well, through? You know, like uh, in a way, the idea was the easy part. You know, mm-hmm. we kind of knew what we wanted to do. We had mm. quite a clear picture of that. Um, I, I think um, our lack of um, business aptitude was mm. holding us back a bit. I mean, despite the fact that we'd both done um, business degrees, we didn't know anything at all about starting a business. Yeah, um, and you know. The fundamental mistake we made in those early days, we and and still you see, um, you know, entrepreneurs making the same mistake is that we just didn't have enough capital behind us. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, we started the business with twenty thousand dollars, which okay, it's a while ago, but it still wasn't a lot of money. And yeah. you know, in those days, you printed a travel brochure, and you know that chewed up nearly half of it, and then you run a couple of ads in newspapers in those days. Yeah. That chewed up another half of what was left. Yeah. Um, and then you realise you've got no money left, and mm. you you don't have any contacts to call on. You don't have any networks or anything. So 
Um, it just meant that, uh, you know, you'd run out of money. We ran on a um, smell of an oily rag, if you like. And in theory, that's fine. And everyone says, oh, that's the way to start a business. It's actually not. It's, yeah. it's rubbish, you know, because yeah. uh, we just couldn't do things that yep. t- help us grow. And yeah. so, you know, the first year we took 47 travellers and, mm-hmm. you know, the next year we took 150, the year after that 500. And, um, you know, by this stage I had a kid and there's just not enough money there. My wife had stopped teaching uh, mm-hmm. so her our income had dropped and mm. so you know it just um it was just slow going and probably yeah. in retrospect slower than it should have been yeah and probably mentally tough i suppose because for, for me anyway like and for most business owners in those periods when you're financially up against it you're mentally up against it that's right you know you really you really like it puts a huge strain a strain on you yeah because you, you never quite know whether you're onto something that is just going to take a bit while yeah. and you'll be fine yeah or whether hey am i just being stubborn and i should yeah. close the door now yes <laughs> yes 100 it's, it's and really you probably tough. get told both things by different people all the time because absolutely mm. my mother tells me all the time to, to quit adventure it shut the doors because it's killing me blah blah yeah. all, all this and then i get people that are like you can't tommy's one of them mm. um but you, you can't, you can't. It's because I've always felt like I'm on the the, the precipice of, uh, sorry, not the precipice, but on the the tipping point. You know, yeah, where it's the cusp of something. Yeah, where it's yeah. all gonna it's all gonna go really and you good. Probably and, are. Yeah, you and know? I feel like in the last little while we we have done some really great things, and it's it's really starting. To, it's been a great start to this financial year, basically. But but you've you kind of uh, I've heard entrepreneurs talk about um, the fact that the people that are closest to you in these periods of your times are the people that periods of your life are the people that you want to listen to the least mm. because they're the people that want to see the suffering end you know <laughs> and it's like and it, we talked about this in our last show and I think it's very very true did you feel like you were getting where, who, how did you choose who to listen to um Look, I, I think in a way I was, perhaps was on the stubborn side and I didn't necessarily listen to anyone. I, I just kind of thought, look, let's just keep plodding through. Yep. I recognize, you know, recognized that things were getting better, albeit not fast enough. Yep. Um, you know, to the degree that I remember having lunch with, uh, with Manch, my business partner, one day and um, I think it would have been about year five. Like I was well into it. Mm. And, and he, you know, we're just over a sandwich or whatever and he just said, isn't it going so well? You know, we're growing so quickly. Mm. And I said, yeah, kind of. Um, big, but, man, I'm still only earning half of what I earned six years ago. Yeah, yeah. just relax, um, pal. You know, yeah. So, you know, you haven't got kids. You haven't got a partner. You yeah. haven't got a house. Yeah, I've got a just couple a of great these time. things. Just kill it. He, he's traveling the world. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. life is you know, yeah. chicken and gravy. It's he's terrific. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of str- not struggling, but certainly not in a great mm. financial space and mm. I know there's a hell of a lot more to life than a financial yeah. space but by the same token um, you, you want food on the plate of your kids oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure so in these early days like as you said you were you were growing at a pretty still pretty fast pace yeah. it sounds fast when you say 60 people 155 yeah. that's, that sounds very fast yeah but, but when you're only making a little bit of money on each one yes. mm. and you know you add it all up and you know you've got to pay staff you've got to pay this you've got to pay that yeah. you know, no that's right but so. but but my question and, and is as like as you would know yeah. as a founder or co-founder you're the last one to get paid yeah exactly <laughs> so so but with the um with the fact that you were still growing what made it what what was it that uh, allowed intrepid to grow at that rate so you cuz in the first couple of years you've you've mm. you've tripled basically you know 60 mm. to 150 to, to 500 mm. like that seems outside looking in like it's breakneck ish speed although like yeah. you say the money's not going to instantly flow on from that but what what were the things that you set out that you did well at the start that you, that you were passionate okay. about and you were proud of with Intrepid? Look, look I think the, the the core of the success, if you like, and in fact, it's it's still the same today, is that at the end of the day, the um, the product that we're delivering was pretty amazing. Yeah. And I think in those days, perhaps even more amazing because there was nothing yeah. like it in the market, and yeah. so people are, are travelling with us for a couple of weeks in in Thailand or Borneo or wherever, and it's it's almost changing their lives. Yeah. And, and so uh, that just inspired incredible word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And so uh, those people would go back to their travel agent or they would tell their friends or whatever. Um, and, and so that's what was driving the growth. I mean, clearly it wasn't our financial resources. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was none of those. We're yeah. spending thousands um, on Facebook ads this time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Tourists. Yeah. Just no money, no Facebook. By the way, there was no Facebook. <laughs> that's, that's right. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> there was no internet. There was no yeah. mobile phones. Can I mean, drink. <laughs> this is a while ago, guys. Yeah. Yeah. There were still dead. Sovens roaming yeah. around in the yeah. airfields. That's right. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so when did it become? Um, when did it all start to, to tip for you? And when did it start to for you to really be like, okay, we're making some really good ground here, and we're, we're yeah. So look, in in some respects, there was no single um, you know tipping point as such. Um, it was more progressive, but clearly there was a couple of um, stepping stones, if you like, mm-hmm. or, or significant moments. Like I remember. Um, uh, in '92, so this is you know this is three years after we established, a bit more maybe, um, and there was a bit of a buzz about Vietnam at the time, and mm-hmm. um, uh, there'd been a, uh, a a significant article in Good Weekend that was released by Blanche Dolpeche, and talking about the new Vietnam, like it was some kind of new country. This is mm-hmm. you know obviously a few years post-war, all that kind of stuff. And um, off the back of it, I um, made at the time a fairly crazy, ballsy decision. Would have you look at it to take a, a full page ad in that same magazine the following weekend, oh, specifically wow. on Vietnam. And by the way, we'd never run a trip to Vietnam yeah. at this point. <laughs> and I just decided to have a crack because a lot of people were talking about that article. I thought, get it in next week. Did. And the phone just kind of went ballistic. Wow. And I think we sold, um, it was about eight trips, so probably about 100 people onto trips off the back of that one ad. Jeez. And it just tra- kind of transformed the company. So not necessarily financially, but just in terms of one, being one of those significant stepping stones. Yeah, you know? mm, and, that's right. One of the things um, you remember back to. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of, is it good luck, is it good management? Um, but, it, it, but it certainly helped. And mm-hmm. um yeah, I remember when um, uh, AdWords first started from Google mm-hmm. and I just read a, a US article about this and um, and I decided to have a crack at it. So I was literally just playing on my laptop at home one night, opened an account, started some AdWords, seeing the, seeing the leads mm. pop through mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. And I thought, this is the most incredible thing I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen in my life. You know? <laughs> it was utterly transformative. Yeah. And, and um, what's more is, you know, at the time, well, when, when, when did AdWords start? Ten years ago, oh, I can't quite remember. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, ten years probably. You know, is the day when you still ran newspaper ads occasionally, mm. yes. and it might cost you, you know, twenty dollars to get a phone call. Mm-hmm. Well, we were getting a person to visit our website for six cents. Mm. Yeah, and I thought I'm never going to run another newspaper yeah, ad in the exactly. rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. See you later, and so we Murdoch. literally <laughs> just tossed our entire marketing budget into Google AdWords for about three years, mm-hmm. and again, it just, you know, it just. Just work. So, you know, yeah. there's, there's issues like that which just change the nature of kind of yeah. your business scope. You have to be able to, you have to, be, able to be progressive. Um, for, progressive yeah. Progressive's the right word to, to be able to take on those yeah. new, and, those and, new and, avenues. Yeah, you know, let's be honest, a little bit lucky. You know, yeah. so, you know, yes, you're, you're kind of looking for stuff like that, but, you know, every now and then things like that don't work. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, you know, I wouldn't want anyone to think that. You know, we're some kind of bloody rocket scientists that you know always ahead of the curve or whatever. Mm. You know, you test different things, and and some of it works and some of it doesn't. And mm. you know, that's just the nature of, of life and business, I think. Yeah. And so have you moved on to the social media platform now in a big way? And oh, a lot of that. <laughs> not me. I'm way too old for that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess the business certainly. You know, I think Darryl's we've got spent... uh, 17 followers on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing well, mate. Oh, huge, huge. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, as, a, as yes. an organisation, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, no, yes. totally. And which one do you think um, provides the most sort of? Uh, Profit or benefit for you uh, guys? Look, it, it, it depends um, in what aspect you're trying to get a return, isn't it? You know, yeah. so you know, in certain areas, kind of LinkedIn is great in terms of your employer brand mm. and all the rest of it. But um, you know, where in terms of where we're spending significant dollars now, um, you know, Facebook is unquestionably um, generating more and mm. more um, inquiry for us. And yep. you know, in the last two years, we've shifted a lot of our spend into Facebook from mm. away from other sources just because. Um, you know, you can target better. You know, your, your whole lookalike stuff and your your cost of acquisition is significantly better. So in the social space, you know, I think you know Facebook's still where it's at and probably yeah. will be for the next couple of years. And yeah. Then there'll be something else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting with with Facebook as well because Mark Zuckerberg came out. Um, I'm not sure if it was recently or if it was a couple of years back, and said that by sort of 2020, he wants the whole thing to be uh, visual and video based, mm. which which like makes you think that he, they're going to be in direct competition with things like YouTube and stuff. Mm. So it's like, where do I sort of start to put all my money towards in terms of marketing frame? And yeah. Well, everything's but, going video, isn't it really? Well, yeah, like, that's right. Inst- yeah. Instagram well, yes was the... No. It dep- it, I think it depends what it is you mean by everything going. Like in terms of uh, what people consume, maybe mm-hmm. so. But if you look at a social in its truest sense, it's 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 one-to-one or, or yeah. peer group kind of 
communication wall. Yep. Is that going to go video? Like, uh, if if the three of us want to have a, a you know chat on Facebook later, are we all going to get each other video? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, so, I know what you mean. You know, it depends what you know. I mean, no doubt, the last eighteen months there's been a massive trend to video. Mm. Um, mm. You know, it's been huge. Will that stay? Will that continue? Hmm. We'll see. I think it's the, I think it's because it's far more interactive though. Like people people want um, that very real experience, and I think um, that's why things like Snapchat are booming. And, and um, yeah, because I mean, when you're talking over Facebook, you know, it can be edited, and there are threads and stuff. But it's very like, you know glass sheet in front of us but if, if I'm talking to you through Facebook Live or things like that and it's it's a very it's a much more real experience and I think humans are very social yeah you, know, you that, get to see a person I suppose yeah, and, well, and it a, just makes three dimensional things which is so when big... are you guys going to have a little kind of camera yeah. flopping down the centre between the three of us <laughs> well, and, yeah and, here last night mate, we've got a little thing <laughs> popping up so yeah, yeah. Oh, hi there. Virtual, uh, we're virtually uh, virtually <laughs> streaming ourselves we're here, this here right now at the moment yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the mud <laughs> um, very warm you wish yeah I do yeah by the way I'll have to book an appointment with you <laughs> um, so throughout this whole thing Daryl, I remember um, I had a business coach with AdventureVid at one point and said, uh, he said something about um, everyone should be building their business to sell. Obviously, that's the, the aim of the game. A bunch of people have told me that over the, over the journey and I've always said, well, I don't really feel like that's the aim of my game. Isn't like, it? I'm building something. Yeah, I mean, but my question basically to you is you're still, um, you're recently um, taking a step back from this, the chair, the, the yeah. executive chairman? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not CEO anymore. Uh, so I'm what we loosely call executive chair, whatever that means. Yes. I'll, I'm still figuring that out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess, um, you know, to, to your point, you know, uh, it, we could have sold the business, you know, 10, 20 times over if mm-hmm. we wanted to. Um, but for me, the question is um, not really whether you sell or whether you don't or whether you make a shitload of money or whether you don't. It's what you want to do in life and yeah. and, and what gives you your jollies. And, and I think if anyone's got a, a business that is no longer getting them up in the morning full of passion yeah. and, and full of, you know, thinking, hey, this is great. I'm enjoying mm. myself. This is fun. Mm. Well, yeah, sell it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. That makes sense. Um, but on the other hand, if, if you're uh, enjoying doing what you're doing and in, you know, three years' time or 30 years' time, if you're still loving adventure fit, then keep doing it. Why yeah, not? Yeah, you that's know, right. Makes I think sense. you look at too many people around the world or in society – they're not enjoying what they're doing. So mm. if you're actually liking it, well, hell, why would you on it? Why would you change yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, no, Absolutely. that's. I, I really, I totally really, agree. totally. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's. I just think it's great to see. Yeah, that you've you've taken it all the way through, and then you're still here yeah. day to day with a big smile on your face. It's but you say now that, that that you've always been a, a six month a six month. Um, Trevor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's been since the start, like since oh, very no, early days. No, no, that's that's more recent. Um, uh, but it was funny one of the, when we started the business mansion. I kind of said, "Oh, you know, so there probably should be some agreements between us. You know, who's allowed to do what and all this kind of stuff." And we couldn't really come up with anything. Yeah. And then um, someone, Kathy, said, "Well, I tell you what. Why don't we agree that you can take up to three months a year holiday, no questions asked?" Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So I, I think almost since that day, we've taken three months a year yeah, holiday. That's good. <laughs> um, you know, so it kind of, rather than a maximum, became almost the unwritten minimum. You know. <laughs> And I guess that's got the nature of our partnership ever since that we just got to you know get on with life and and you know we uh, we 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 love business we love work mm. and all the rest of mm. it but in, in the flip side of it we kind of like life and um, I think uh, your business should be a part of your life not controlling your life yeah. and. Mm-hmm. You know, so in our particular case, we got into a travel business because we like travel, mm. not because we like business. Yeah, um, definitely. So therefore, we want to keep traveling. And, um, you know, that's a part of our identity, if you like. And, you know, I, I love, you know, I'm, I'm heading away in about 10 days time for uh, five, six weeks. And, mm. you know, I can't wait. Yeah. So how, do you, how important do you think it is in terms of like the actual business, uh, the way to, you know, keep growing all this sort of stuff? How important do you think it is to just kind of... Uh, just keep putting one foot forward and, and, and taking risks and, and, you know, obviously within yeah. a, within reason, well, but just kind of like with what I'm doing at the moment, I just kind of don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm just trying to take a foot <laughs> hey, forward. Hey, welcome to the club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like welcome how important do you think that sort yeah. of stuff is? Um, taking the plunge. Look, it, it, it's all personal, isn't it? And, yeah. and so it's really, it depends on where you as an individual come from. Some people are very risk averse. Some people are very risk embracing or whatever the opposite mm-hmm. is. I can never um, get the opposite word of, yeah. of, of averse. Risk, good. <laughs> embracing is not bad. Yeah. Embracing is yeah. quite, yeah. quite, yeah. quite, yeah. quite, yeah. quite yeah. the word, but it's not bad. That's right. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> so, and I'm, I'm probably more on the risk embracing side, I mm. guess. Um, but by the same token, um, yeah, it's whatever works. You know, I, I, going back to the kind of the other part of it, though, I think for any business slash organisation. Um, it is good to grow. I think, mm. um, you know, whilst the organisation grows, there's a good chance that, you know, we as founders or whatever will grow as well. You know, mm. we get that opportunity to, to grow in yourself and get yeah. new ideas and keep yourself stimulated and learn new Become tricks a and, and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and whilst you're doing that and the organisation's doing that, then lots of other people in the organisation, if they want it, get the opportunity to as well. And mm. so to a certain extent, back to the holiday thing, you know, um, you know, we'd bugger off and, and leave people to run the business and invariably I'd say, listen, you know, I'm on holiday, so, you know, you've got my phone number, but if you ring it, it, it better be bloody important. Yeah, you know, right. I don't, yeah. I'm, on you know, I'm on holiday, I'm yep. not working, yeah. you know. And so that was kind of a, um, this sounds wise in retrospect because it wasn't by design, but <laughs> I think it did allow people to grow as individuals yes. because they would have to make the decision because the boss wasn't there, yeah. and and they'd say, oh, okay, they weigh all the um, mm-hmm. you know the pros and cons of a particular decision. Then they make that decision. Yep. Um, usually, it was fine. Every now and then, it wouldn't be fine, but you learn through you know your stuff ups and Clearly. and yeah. uh, yep. and so the organisation I think has grown off that basis to a certain extent. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. So um, travel itself, Daryl. Like, what do you what do you feel like? Um, I, I think it, I mean everybody that's travel probably feels somewhat the same. That travel is just really great for growing as a person. Talking about growing as a person again, I suppose. How much of that do you take on board? That you're actually, I, I feel like you're probably bettering people, mm. not not just inside the walls of Intrepid, like you were just discussing, but people that are coming on along as clients. Yeah. Like part of your job is to show them the world, show them. Yeah, the, the the different parts of life, and you know, put things in, into perspective. How much of that do you take on board as like your role in Intrepid? Like, is that the? Yeah, uh, well, no, I wouldn't say just you know my role or whatever, but I, I think as an organisation, it's mm. absolutely a part of our role. Mm. Um, you know, I think um, you know, travel is still a huge privilege to be able to do it for yeah. any of us, absolutely, uh, or any of our customers for that matter. And so, I think when you travel, you know, it should not necessarily it, it, you don't want travel to be hard work, but you do want travel to be kind of illuminating. And yeah. and I see um, travel as a real cultural bridge uh, between you know, if you like, our role in in offices or businesses or homes or the suburbs or wherever you're you're from uh, and then you all of a sudden you hop in a plane you emerge from that aluminium tube six hours later or whatever it is and you're in a very different place mm. and um, you know it's different culture it might be a different religion it's different foods it's a different way of life it's everything's different about it and and some people can't don't like that difference you know mm-hmm. they, they kind of repel against it mm. um, some people embrace that difference but I would like to think you know difference is is just that it's yeah. just different it's not good or bad it's just difference and, yeah. and in that difference is a huge learning and a and an opportunity and and I think you know I'm a you know, I often talk at the moment about how um, if Donald Trump had have travelled in particularly in developing countries or through Islamic countries or whatever for a couple of weeks even yeah. you know uh, a few years ago maybe he'd be a different person yeah uh, because yeah. he'd be a little bit more accommodating and a little bit more understanding and a little mm, yeah. bit more sympathetic um, to difference and mm. ultimately that's all it is it's difference yeah. that's right. Um, so, talking about um, talking about travel um, right now and, and the way things are done, what do you see in like basically with the rise of technology and and the the differing um, the differing state of like people's situations at work? What are the trends in travel? And what do you think that travel is going to look like for Intrepid for anyone in general in the future? We're going through a very... I really should have a good smart answer on yeah, this, shouldn't yeah, I? Yeah. Just make one up. <laughs> no. We'll, we'll, we'll go, oh, that was very, very oh, wise. Yes, I totally yeah, agree. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say that myself, actually. actually. I've got a feeling you're going to say, gee, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Just so, away. <laughs> no, it's interesting, isn't it? I, um, uh, you know, I think the uh, almost a fool predicts the future. Mm. Um, because you don't know, you don't know where um, societal trends are going, where mm. technology is really going. I mean, yes, you can you can predict certain things, mm. but um, the whole element of disruption means that things will change from what you That's expect. Right. And you know, increasingly, society is getting disrupted um, by new business models or technology mm-hmm. models or, or whatever it is. And you know, I think arguably the travel industry probably hasn't been as disrupted uh, yep. in the past as perhaps it should be in a way. 
Um, mm. So we um, positively do not know what's going to happen in the future. Mm. Um, but what we do do is kind of a, equip our organisation around change so that we can um, start to at least look at early indicators of where change is going to happen mm -hmm. and then get responsive uh, to that change. Yep. And then I suppose um, we look also at what is the underlying nature of how people travel in terms of how they um, uh, use services, particularly in destination? And, and how do we kind of um, put up some kind of, um, uh, what's the word, um, underlying flaw so that we've still got uh, a value delivery model? And so... Mm -hmm. Um, for instance, now we've got about 25 destination management companies in scattered around the world. So this mm -hmm. is where if you go to um, I don't know, Peru, for argument's sake, uh, we've got our own legal entity on the ground in Peru. We've got our own staff in the Peru, on the ground in Peru, and they deliver the travel services. Yeah. And whether that's accommodation or transport or guiding or um, insight into best restaurants or things to do or whatever, mm -hmm. um, well, it's all of the above, mm -hmm. um, I think because you're there on the ground, yep. uh, you have an ability to um, transcend any disruptive uh, applications or whatever, yeah. because ultimately people do still need fulfilment, whether it's through intermediaries or technology or yeah. direct, doesn't matter. Um, you know, we're, we're still a part of the food chain if we've got, um, we're very, very close to the delivery point on the ground. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, um, yeah, the, the, one of the things that I was thinking of when I asked that question is I heard people talking about on a not a travel it wasn't really travel related it was more I think it was maybe Tim Ferriss' podcast and they were talking about um, virtual reality mm -hmm. and someone was talking about how virtual reality will change um, how you watch sport you know you won't go to the NBA finals you watch yeah. vir virtual reality from your landroom I they thought that's what you were going to yeah, bring yeah, up it was kind of what like people won't feel like they have to go overseas because it's kind of like yeah, it's so, a bit like you know that remember that old you're probably too young but that old song video killed the radio yeah, star oh yeah, I know. Song. <laughs> yeah it came out in the 17 <laughs> something like that yeah, yeah I remember yeah. it well yeah, um, yeah. but um, they so, did a cover so, you know will VR kill the, the, the travel company yeah yeah um, and or will it enhance the travel company? Mm, and, um, right. I think it'll enhance you know, it. Hmm? I think it'll enhance it. Yeah, people still want everything in person. Both it's like live, live you know, you, National Geographic has well it's been around in, in magazines. Let's say yeah. that didn't kill travel. Mm. Then it came on to TV shows. Yeah, and that HD, didn't kill travel. 1080p, blah blah you know, blah. Big screen. Um, virtual reality. I think it's just an extension of that. It's yeah. all, it's all a part of, of kind of that. Site, you know, a magazine is more immersive than what they had before magazines. Yeah. Um, VR is more immersive than TV, yeah. mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't actually remove. In fact, if anything, it probably heightens the desire yeah. for a person to go beyond that, um, you know, three-minute experience, which yep. makes you feel slightly sick, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> into the real experience yes. where you actually um, can also smell it and taste it and, mm. and, and get it beyond the, the visual kind of spatial yeah. experience. We can smell it and sure. taste it when we had our VR experience, didn't we, Tommy? Uh, <laughs> what, you were sick, were you? No, no, no. We had a bizarre virtual reality experience. <laughs> we had um, media passes at Sexpo. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Do we really want to talk about that? Yeah, it's a bit weird. <laughs> and then, um, we became good friends, put it that way. <laughs> we had a VR, the VR it wasn't set up there. Message, yeah, huh? that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you can definitely smell it and taste it. Yeah, it wasn't that keen. Yeah, I really hope it doesn't get to the point where technology is so good, people are just like, oh, I mean, I just don't need to go. I mean, it's there mm. right now because, like you said, you know, the. people always know when they're really in something. And, like, you know, when you really see that line. Mm. In the wilderness or something. I mean, I just went to. I went to. This is an example of it. I went to um, the the what's the place called again? Oh God! It's that that zoo that uh, the open range zoo in Werribee. The Werribee open oh, yeah. range zoo. Um, just for all the listeners overseas, it's just an open range zoo um, in where we're from. And we went down to this safari tour. And you could see the giraffe, and you could see the lions and all this stuff. And it just made me want to go to Africa way more. Because mm, I was yeah, just like, cool, yeah. this is amazing. I'm literally here, and I can smell, and I can see everything. Yeah. But I'm not there. Like, I'm not in Africa, you know? So, oh, yeah. It just yeah. made me want to go there ridiculously, you know? So I yeah. hope it doesn't kill. Yeah. Kill no, off, look, yeah. I don't think it will. The, the other thing that we're increasingly finding is that um, people, uh, you know, if you look back at history of tourism, it was all about sightseeing, right? Yeah. The, the emphasis on the site. Yes. And, and it's kind of morphed into where it is in the last 10 years and now and probably the next few years a more an experiential oh, thing. Yeah. Um, 
But then I think it's kind of heading beyond that. In And so a lot of it is around relationship building. Mm. And so it's not just seeing the sites and smelling them and touching them and being there and, mm. and experiencing different cultures and whatnot. It's beyond that. So it's into uh, people talking to someone from that yeah. place and learning from that someone. Totally. And so it goes to that next Immersion. level of yeah. interaction. Yeah. Um, and VR can't do that. No, you know, that's I mean, right. I suspose you could have someone with a VR headset and mic'd up on in yeah. Morocco or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, Sounds and like a lot have, of work. Right. Yeah. But uh, you know what? I just don't think that's quite the exercise. No. no, that's right. I think that'll roll into schools, though, that sort of stuff. Like, you can picture, like, a, a virtual reality sort of TV thing where instead of, like, a whiteboard, they have it where they just press a button and on the other side is, you know, kids in uh, in Morocco or something, and they're just like interacting with them yeah. and learning about them. But it still doesn't take away that that aspect of travelling. And yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I, no, uh, I think in that sense, travel will continue for a very long time. Yeah, well, let's yeah. hope so. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> well, you both be out of a job. It'll be uh, Tom Ahern Adventure Radio. <laughs> um, all right, so we uh, we'll get you out of here shortly, Daryl. Before we do, we have uh, three questions from me, three questions from Tommy. This is six from six. Oof. You're on. Uh, the, the first two questions of mine uh, should, are going to take up about probably, could be a two-hour podcast yeah. on their own. But, um, so my first question, and this is a crazy this question to ask Daryl. Yeah. So my first question is, what is your favorite travel destination on the planet and why? Uh, usually it's the one I've just been to, mm. okay. <laughs> you know, because you, you kind of just gone somewhere and you, you know, you're, it's fantastic or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, the, the unfortunate reality is I've travelled an awful lot in the last um, four months. In fact, I've been to all seven continents in the last four Jeez. months, which is that's going which right. is a bit crazy. That's, that's killing it. Uh, but the but the last kind of three or four trips have all been kind of repeats. So, you know, as in um, in London and New York and stuff like that, which you know is all great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, but it's not that new thing. And I suppose when it all boils down, I I like the new. Yep. Uh, can't yep. help myself. So mm-hmm. um, you know, um, in ten days I'm off. We've uh, just chartered a, a small ship for uh, the northern summer, European summer, mm-hmm. um, in Croatia. So you know. Uh, on that for a week then going to Iceland for a week and, oh, and stuff like that so, travel. So, yeah. so, that's kind of, so that's kind of good yeah. um, and then he's New York for a couple of weeks but um, oh, so no that's pretty good so you know, I don't think give I can answer one. that question yeah. this is pathetic give us, give isn't it, it? you've got um, a so give us one give us, <laughs> no not Adelaide give us, <laughs> sorry Adelaide <viewers. laughs> give, us, uh, give us one that people wouldn't uh, assume okay, look, I, I, uh, I don't know about wouldn't assume but um, Myanmar is a country mm. Burma as it used to be mm-hmm. uh, is a country I've been to you know Quite a few times over the last thirty-five years, I yep. suppose, and you know, it's a, it's always a country that does it for me, and yep. you know, just in terms of the magnificent people, amazing cool. culture, all the rest of it, and you know, I haven't actually been there for probably three or four years now, and you know, I'd happily go back mm. next month or year or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, I know I'd do it again. Awesome. Um, you know, I mean, uh, coming up, got another trip coming up to Nepal soon, which always just does it for me. Yeah. Um, more conventional countries, you know, France. I just love time in France. Mm-hmm. Always do. I love the States. Oh, God, it's a, not a very... The world's great. Yeah. Yeah. The world is yeah. great. The world's the pretty world good. Is so great. <laughs> all, right. Um, all right, next question. This is going to be even more intriguing. Yeah. Oh, God, so here we go. your yeah, this dream... These are my questions that I ask everyone, yeah. So, but it just happens that we're asking you to travel to <laughs> um, So your dream travel destination, top your bucket list that you haven't been to. Oh, okay. So this is, this is um, well, harder and easier in a way because um, isn't it odd? The more you travel, for some reason, the list doesn't get shorter. The list gets longer. Yeah, Why yeah. is that? Yeah. Um, you know, I've you get been excited to about more places. whatever countries yeah. and all that. So, yeah, I've got a, a real thing at the moment. I've never been to Ethiopia and um, I've got a couple of staff at the moment that are going to Ethiopia soon and I'm jealous as hell. And yeah, yeah. I really, and in fact, I almost committed to myself I was going to get this year and I haven't. So that's not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stans, I, I don't know well. So I've never been to Uzbekistan. Right. I'm really keen to go there. Brazil, I have been to, but I, I really want to travel in Brazil a lot more extensively than mm-hmm. I have. Um, Indonesia, I know moderately well, um, but there's uh, a lot of areas of Indonesia which I really, really want to spend some time mm, yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, Indonesia, I reckon, is one of the best countries in the world to travel in. And yep. yet it's remarkably unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're in Australia and everyone knows Bali, mm-hmm. um, but um, you know, most people in Australia almost think Bali's a country you know yeah, uh, 100% you know, yeah. Indonesia is just an extraordinary place mm. um, so yeah look 
Like we'll take it, uh, Russia. We'll, Russia we'll, is another country. We'll take. Really a, we'll take the top seventeen. <laughs> 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 that's fine. That's good. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> and uh, my final question, Daryl, is uh, any books that you like to recommend to people? Can be autobiography. Can be self-help book. Can be fiction. Um, yeah, I read a reasonable amount. Um, books off the top of my head. Um, blank moment. Um, <laughs> I can't think of anything right now. Isn't that pathetic? Uh, he's, uh, I like I like Spain. Uh, yeah. Spain's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no books now. We said books, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, a lot of my oh, re- a lot of my reading has been overtaken by podcasts these days. Oh, yeah, oh, say, Adventure Radio, Adventure Radio obviously taking up uh, at least one and a half hours of your yes, week. That's right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. We know how good we are, mate. Yeah. <laughs> what podcasts do you listen to? Um, uh, my favourite at the moment, I think, is Masters of Scale. Are you listening to that? No. Uh, so Reed Hoffman from founder of LinkedIn. I know Reed Hoffman. Yeah. You know well. Not not particularly well. Personally, but, uh, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, he's done an extraordinary job. He's about ten episodes in now. And yeah, every cool. every episode is just a stunner. Mm. It's great. Uh, how I built this, which is another yeah, entrepreneurial that's, background. That's line. when I talked about um, the 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 thing about never listening to the people closest to you. That was off um, the Vice episode on how I built this. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the Vice the Vice president, he's like my mu- my mum and my dad. They just wanted me to to, to stop and and uh, yeah, how I built this is amazing. Yeah. You should listen to that one, Tommy. Yeah, for yeah, getting definitely. Into it. It's about uh, like. Um, uh, Southwest Airlines, Vice, um, uh, Cliff Bar, all these like famous mm, iconic brands, yeah. and how like like we're talking to with Daryl, like mm. how the the hard parts and the, how they got through the, the tough times. It's a really good podcast. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I'm that. not sure if it was last week or the week before. They interviewed the founder of WeWork, you know, the uh, work sharing uh, co working space. Yep. and just a sensational episode. Yeah, really. cool. And it's just you know, it's it's a bit like reading, isn't it? That it just uh, you know, podcasts are a very immersive format. Oh, yeah, definitely. You're, you're in the room, you're having the conversation with the person, and yeah. and you learn. You yeah, know, exactly. Just you learn. Get the brain going. Yes, it's great. Yeah. yes. The Vice one, the Vice one actually gave me a real. I'm download that right now. Actually, the, the Vice one gave me a real. Like when I was in a tough period, it gave me a real, you know, I can do this thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen to Masters of Scale. Seriously, it's brilliant. Yeah, Yeah, sweet. Will do for sure. Um, And that's it from me. Tommy, you're up. Alrighty. Uh, so, Daz, what do you uh, what do you like to do in your spare time when you have some downtime? Uh, <laughs> travel, 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 kind of eating, drinking type, socialising stuff mm. you know, is always fun. I'm not one into... Um, I used to do a lot of running, yes. um, but it was solitary running, you know. And so, but after uh, when I started running fairly seriously, about twelve, and I stopped when I was about fifty-two. So what's that? Forty years of running. Yeah. And then on about my fifty-second birthday, my knees said, "You know what? You're not running anymore." Yeah. So, but I missed that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, I'm not big on team sports. You know, the idea of playing around a golf would just oh, you know, yeah. oh just kill you. That's kill well, me. that's oh, that's weird because it's a lot of walking. It's a lot of walking. You're just holding a stick. There's better ways to walk than <laughs> that's play probably golf. true. Yeah. Uh, now basketball. Ever play? Basketball? Basketball as a kid? Yeah, well, yeah. you're probably saying that because, uh, as you might have noticed, I'm slightly tall. You're a tall individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I'm 202 centimetres. Wow, and, uh, that's big. Or, that's or, huge. 6, 7, 6, 8, yeah. whatever it is yeah, for yeah, our, yeah. our offshore listeners. Um, <laughs> but, cool. um, no, what you you might have recognised my height, but you didn't recognise my coordination. <laughs> and unfortunately, you trip on your shoelace yeah. when you're walking horses at the start of the day. For basketball, you kind of need both. You know, so that's that right. was never going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, uh, now, what about role models? Someone you currently look up to, someone you've always looked up to, um, inspiration, something like that? Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been a Mac fan, um, mm. and so Steve Jobs is not a person I'd necessarily expect to like yes. necessarily, but definitely as a as a role model and an inspiration, he's he's certainly there. Mm. You know, I think just um, you know, uh, I don't know whether anyone really understood the guy that well, no. um, but nonetheless, clearly an inspirational person, leader, oh, yeah. and whatnot, and you know, just changing industries mm. and, and whatnot. You know, just you know, we were talking a little bit more about uh, before about disruption and whatnot, and you look at what that guy did, not just with computers, but with mm. music and yeah. um, you know, publishing and, and various other things. It was mm. some pretty astounding stuff. Mm. Yeah. Well, so, he, I mean, he, he he sacrificed a lot, didn't he? I mean, like 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 you just sort of um, referred to there. 
He, uh, a lot of people thought he was a dick. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, like I think he, he probably was a dick. He probably was, mm. yeah, <laughs> a bit of a bully. And yeah. the, but I mean, yeah, it just, no, that's right. He couldn't help it. Like he just had this unwavering drive for success, and he definitely succeeded. You know, yeah. that someone put up a Facebook post. Um, of his final words when he was on his deathbed. And um, it was really fascinating. It was probably what you'd imagine how, you know, material possessions and money and stuff aren't important. I wish I could just have had one more time with my family and, and be that sort of person. But yeah, it's like he... Uh, well, it's would a dick, isn't it? To be honest, I mean, yeah. you know, if you can't yeah. sort out your family life and put exactly. it as a, exactly. a priority in the centre of what you are, then, yep. you know, there's something wrong with you. Oh, really. absolutely. I mean, yeah. as I said before, we're, we all love business, but when it all boils down, it's your family. That's yeah, business. Um, business should always come... After family. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Having yeah. like talking shit and like having mm. a laugh with the people you love. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and finally, if you could invite three people to dinner, dead or alive, who would they be and why? So would Steve Jobs be it? I'm not sure. So what's uh, probably have a go I always get his name wrong. Um, Yvonne Schoenard, is that oh, how you say right. it from uh, Patagonia? Uh, yeah. So he's the, the founder of Patagonia, okay. and um, I think wow. he is just an extraordinary individual mm. in terms of getting a corporate culture right and making sure that you stand for something and mean something, and and really, really back it forcefully in terms of the way the organisation behaves and mm. where it, you know it puts its money and where it puts its time and all the rest of it. Awesome. And, um, you know, I think he's um, a real, real role model that would be fascinating to talk to. And I suspect he might be quite likable too, although who knows. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably a good boy. <laughs> yeah, I reckon he probably is yeah. a good boy. Yeah, <laughs> no, nice that's right. And, oh, I don't know. Look, look. when it all boils down, dead or alive, I think I prefer just my close friends. Yeah. You know, when it all boils down, you, you, you know, you've got good friends, you like mm-hmm. your friends, you know... Uh, we're going around the corner literally 30 metres away for a dinner tonight mm. um, and uh, you know there'll be six of us we'll have a great night mm. and you know that's my perfect dinner yes. you know, rather than yeah. necessarily have someone dead or famous or whatever and you know you have someone dead or famous at the well, perhaps not dead, but someone yeah, famous on the table. And, and, and you're just kind of slightly intimidating. <laughs> yeah. You know? I yeah. remember um, it's um, topical because um, uh, 10 years ago I was sitting at a table in Sydney and um, I was with a chap and blah, blah, and uh, door opens and Al Gore walks in and oh, sits yeah. down next to us. And we had a dinner with Al Gore. And yeah. at the time, I could hardly bloody speak. You know? yeah, <laughs> so yeah. kind of, oh, yeah. intimidated, you know. Like, yeah, oh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. And I was on a stage with him um, just last week, actually. Oh, and wow. uh, and so I uh, quietly reminded him of that story. And, he, you know, he had a little laugh. But yeah. he, he basically wouldn't understand. I mean. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, like the... Off that topic of you know being intimidated by the people, um, and the biggest one that we always get for that is Hitler. So Hitler or Jesus? So like I mean, imagine what? people want to have around. dinner with. They want to yeah. have dinner with. It was, it was their number one dinner. They'll have a schnitzel with Hitler. It's <laughs> <laughs> bizarre. Fair enough. He's so Hitler, tell me about huh? yourself. That's <laughs> not wrong. That's not right. Yeah. That's just different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, it's strange. Well, uh, finally, Daz, um, this is the time now for you to plug anything you'd like to. Um, where can people find you? Maybe something a bit about Intrepid. What, uh, would, you, uh, what would you like to say to the well, listeners? Well, I certainly don't want people to find me. I'm happy to <laughs> hide away in my non-social uh, yeah. media. We will find you. <laughs> and we will, we, will, we will not kill you, but we will find you. We'll find you. <laughs> Have a bit of fun. So, uh, no, I, I think the, um, you know, my message is just to, to get out and enjoy life, uh, do whatever you want to do that you feel comfortable with mm. and is satisfying and, and if that's a business, that's great. And if mm. it makes you money, that's great. But, you know, that's not, I don't think, the priority. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, enjoy life, do stuff that's meaningful to you. So mm. if you want to take an intrepid trip, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's Probably a, many, there's the a million forms of great travel to do. And, uh, yeah, each to their own. Do what mm. you want to do. One, one, one company that probably needs it a little more, yeah, that's pretty much it from us, Daryl. Yeah. Thanks for right. coming on the show. Fantastic. Thanks for having us and, uh, and good luck with it. Cool. cool. Thank you, sir. That's a wrap. All right, guys. If you are a first-time listener and you enjoyed that show, please do us a favor and subscribe. If you are a many-time listener, then thank you very much and leave us a rating and review, please, because uh, those two things, subscriptions and ratings and reviews, help us climb the level of the iTunes charts, which help us get in front of more people, which help us get more subscribers and more rating and reviews and keep climbing the charts so we can keep bringing you um, awesome conversations and cool content. So do us a favor there. If you want anything particularly from the show that was mentioned, 
Go to www.adventurefittravel.com forward slash radio. All the show notes will be there. Don't forget to check out Quash Creative, www.quashcreative.com. Mention radio. Audible Trial, www.audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio for your free audiobook, free month. And Adventure Fit Travel. Use the code radio at checkout for 10% off any and all trips. See you next week.